I've been working on stitching together a 360 virtual exhibition for our arts group. Ooh, that yeah. sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm part of an association called the, the um, Waitakubali Artists Association. On Instagram, I think it's just Kubali Arts, K-U-B-U-L-I Arts. And this was is an artist association that emerged after Maria. And it's the first time we've had a group like this. And it's people of all ages and different mediums um, coming together to sort of try and elevate art in Dominica. And this year, because of COVID, we're not having an in-person exhibition. We're having a virtual 360 exhibition. And so what that means, there's this beautiful Anglican church in Roseau that got um, pretty badly damaged and it has no roof. It still has the beams, but there's no ceiling. Wow. And it's really cool. There's ferns and all kinds of stuff growing in there. So we cleaned it up and we hung our art all around it. And um, I basically filmed with a 360 camera, mm -hmm. all the different stuff. You, you're going to hear the artists talk. You can see stuff at night, all different stuff. And you're going to be able to access that through your phone or through your computer. And it's 360. So, you know, you can grab on your screen and look in any direction. So I think it's going to be um, really exciting. I've actually got a body of work that I haven't shown. I haven't put online anywhere before mm -hmm. um, that will be and at this so just want to let you guys know it's going to be happening on january 16th and like i said you can follow kubali arts on instagram or it's kubaliarts.com which is where the um, event will be hosted through that yeah. is so dope i would i got, cannot wait we've got 23 i think 23 or more artists mostly from dominica but we also have some guest submissions from Martinique and Guadeloupe and mm -hmm. then some artists that are between like Germany and Dominica and the States and Dominica. And, and like I said, you've got young artists and you've also got some really acclaimed artists who are so humble and so quiet, you might not even know. And then you see their work and you read about them and you're like, oh, wow. Yo, so. that is, I cannot wait. Oh, that is going to be so dope. Yeah. Fantastic. Best best of luck with that. And yeah, shout out to it. shout out to all of the artists who will be participating in that. And that's exactly what my brand Amps Connected is about, connecting with people, your community. You mentioned Martinique, Guadeloupe or we were Guadalupe. Yeah. Um that is so dope. I can't wait, Michael. Yeah, I'm really excited and I hope you and your listeners get to uh, tune in. For sure. And connectors, I will be sure to put all of the links down in the notes, in the show notes. Connectors, I cannot wait for this interview because it's been like a whole year, right? A yep, whole year enough. exactly to the day since I've been trying to connect with Michael Lees. Connectors, you have heard the voice of videographer, photographer, and so much more, I'm sure. Connectors, I am the host and the plug, Alexia Marche Plummer. And you know what to do. Sit back, relax, do you do whatever you do while listening to a podcast. And let's get connected. We are connected. Michael. Please give me a little intro of yourself. Help me get to know you. Connectors out there, they want to get to know you. Who are you? Well, first, let me just say you have a fantastic podcast and radio voice. <laughs> I'm imagining just listening to this. Um, my name is Michael Lees. I'm from Dominica, not the Dominican Republic. It's a little Eastern Caribbean island. Um, I'm a photographer and filmmaker. I made the documentary Uncivilized, which came out it was earlier this year. <laughs> and um, in that, I basically went out to live in the forest. The plan was for six months. And halfway through, Hurricane Maria met, met me there while I was in my little palm leaf and bamboo hut. So wow. I ended up continuing filming and um, ended up with this documentary, which has ended up taking me around the Caribbean to... Um, 
played at film festivals in Florida, Brooklyn Film Festival, San Fran. And then, uh, yeah, I do a lot of photography as well. Wow. That sounds so interesting. Like in the woods, in the forest, you live there, camped out. I love camping, but I cannot imagine living in the forest. And then you said Maria came. Yeah. So how was that? <laughs> it was I'm just picturing you with like all of this equipment and I've lived through, I'm from the South, Louisiana, so I'm very familiar with hurricanes, but living outside in the forest with all of your equipment, you're trying to produce this amazing project. What was your experience like? So just for reference, I, I can't remember the exact wind speed, but Maria was a category five hurricane. So mm -hmm. I want to say somewhere around between 175 and 200 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. um, someone had come out to warn me earlier that day that a storm would be coming, but just like everyone on Island, no one knew it would be a category five because it basically parked off the coast turbocharge mm -hmm. and then just slowly went up the spine of the Island. Wow. So for me, that experience in the forest, you know, it was, uh, I think a roller coaster would probably be the best way to describe it because of the forest. Unlike in the towns, I had some sort of wind protection. So it wasn't blasting me at every single minute. But, you know, you can hear the wind roaring all around you. You can hear the river raging. You can hear boulders being tumbled down the river. And then every so often, a big sustained gust would come through. And I'd shine my little light out. And I'd see the vines hanging at 90 degrees um, perpendicular with, the, with the, the ground. And if that was going, sorry, parallel with the ground. And if that went on for, you know, more than a couple of seconds, then you just start hearing crack, crack, crack of just trees. And that was the, those are the terrifying moments, not knowing if there was a tree that I had miscalculated that was too close and basically was going to end my life. <laughs> wow. I, I visited, like I just said, and I saw the tops of the palm trees. It looked like something with a huge um, chainsaw just went through and cut off all the tops. So I can only imagine like being in the forest and those tops are being snapped off. I'm fearing for my life, not knowing which way to run. I just thank the Lord you're still here. I know. It was surreal. It was, I mean, it's surreal, but it's also, it was the most real thing you could ever experience, sort of being out in the elements while getting blasted with something of such magnitude, you know? Like, it's a moment, to me, that was such a moment of really contextualizing everything and it makes you just realize how small you are in the scheme mm -hmm. of everything. Yes. Yes. And I'll just say too, your country is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I can't even describe connectors. When I went, it was at night when I, I arrived, but the next morning I woke up and I had never been anywhere so green. The vegetation, like the plants, all the food that y'all grow, it was beautiful. It was breathtaking. And then to my right was, what body of ocean is that? Um, there's the Caribbean Sea to the west and the Atlantic Ocean to the east. That's what I thought. I thought, so I have a friend who lived there. She's now back in the States, but she was studying there. And where she lived to my right was the Atlantic Ocean. But it was gorgeous everywhere. Yeah. Wow. So what was life like growing up in Dominica? Well, so I'll just say I've, I have, uh, my life is sort of fragmented because mm -hmm. my mom is originally from Barbados, but her family emigrated to the UK. My dad is from the UK, Northeast. I was born in England and we moved to Dominica when I was five. Huh. And then also I was, I ended up finishing high school and, and college in the States. But to answer your question, life in Dominica growing up as a kid, 
I would say pretty fantastic. I mean, I still live in the same area where um, I grew up and we have a beach. I have a beach on one side of the house, another beach on the other side. Um, the most popular beach is a five minute drive. There's also a river valley um, right next to me. So just, just keep bragging <laughs> because here in the Midwest, it's freezing outside. So we don't have any lakes and oceans and rivers to go swim in right now. Thank you. But continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny. I remember for some reason, a moment that stands out is me being a kid, taking my, my uh, schoolwork very seriously. And my dad being like, let's go to the beach. And I'm like, I've got homework. Mm -hmm. He's like, you'll always have homework. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, good point. Good point. So there's, there's, I don't know, there's, as you probably experienced, there's sort of a freeness and easiness to life in Dominica that is hard to kind of put your finger on exactly what it is, but it's the kind of thing that makes so many people when they visit basically fall completely in love with it and in, never want to leave. In love. What do y'all say? Free up? Free up. Yo, hey. that is... That is, I, I have a friend from Barbados who has visited and also is in love with Dominica, but he, he basically thinks that free up is pretty much our national motto. It, it has to be. It, it, so like free up, the good side of free up is, uh, you know, having a good time without, you know, too much stress in your head and everything. Mm -hmm. But the downside of free up is, uh, you know, not necessarily having the checks and balances and support systems and police and all that stuff you might have elsewhere so there's a it's a double-sided thing but i i prefer it this way yeah when i went there i went to town um rousseau right yeah Rousseau. and so many people were like are you from here are you related <laughs> to somebody and i'm like no i'm just here to visit but looking at you i do see myself i yeah and it was like more than one pe person. <clears throat> and like he was saying, I absolutely fell in love with the people, the environment, the free up lifestyle. And I was actually having a conversation about, you were talking about like policing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of cool that in Dominica, where I was, I didn't see any police. <laughs> I know, right? But at the same time, what I knew about Dominica or where I was, if you stole from someone, oh, that's, that's grounds for pretty much anything because you're taking from that person's mouth, literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... You said you came to the States. Mm -hmm. Where'd you, where would you, where were you living in the States? So I was in Western Mass first, and then I went to college at, in University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Okay. And then I spent a year in New York before I came home. Okay. So tell me, you said that you prefer the free up life, but yeah. what will be your... I guess, most drastic experience, difference between living in the States and living in Dominica? Um, which one are we focusing on or just the difference in between? I guess, hmm, like what's, if, just thinking about freeing up mm -hmm. and no police in Dominica and pretty much like your dad. All right, yeah. So, I mean, something that comes to mind is, I mean, just the other day I was driving and I had a, there was a, I had a beer with me and I saw the police behind me. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, if I was in America right now, I'd have to freak out about having an open container in the vehicle, mm -hmm. but I don't have to worry about something like that. Something so stupid. And I, I even remember when um, we went to, we went to like, when I was in North Carolina, while I was in college, we went to this um, park that had a really nice swimming hole and, you know, people just brought drinks and stuff. And police showed up and gave us citations for essentially 
like, I don't know if it was drinking in a park or something like that. And next thing you have to be dealing with a lawyer. So you're not going to get kicked out of school. And it's just like, this is absurd. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely absurd. Mm -hmm. um, I know one of the, another park where something like that happened is because someone did something dumb, injured themselves. And then I guess probably wanted to sue the state because it was a state park. Mm -hmm. And so they just decided, you know what? Nothing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely bizarre having um your life so restricted and of course something like drinking is a, a very trivial thing but mm -hmm. um it all kind of ties together yeah i actually thought that was interesting when i arrived at nighttime my friend's friend who lives in dominica she picked a, picked me up with my friend and we stopped at this little store on the side of the road and we bought a beer and ginger wine and i'm like oh so this is cool <laughs> i'm from again louisiana I, I don't know if you're familiar with louisiana or new orleans but that's i mean mm -hmm, i'm not gonna mm -hmm. say i'm not gonna condone drinking and driving but going through a drive-through liquor store yeah, you'll yeah. find that down there. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of cool. Like, there is no heavy policing, like you said. There yeah. is no restriction, hardly. There are rules, but the people are policing themselves. Yeah. Although to just I don't wanna I don't wanna shatter anyone's um, ideas of Dominica, but uh, Funny enough, recently, um, I heard a, a sound in the house and I said, you know what, that sounds kind of close. And I got up and there was a, a guy <laughs> basically standing in the other bedroom and we looked at each other and then I saw he was as scared as I was. So I yelled at him and chased him out. I called the police. You know what the police told me? Hmm. Sorry, we don't have transportation, <laughs> which is the exact same thing that happened when we got my my parents got robbed like 15 years ago that wow. was the exact same thing and I was like wow things really don't change here wow <laughs> I that is but that makes me wonder though when I went was like I said about a year ago it was mm -hmm. exactly a year ago y'all had just had elections mm -hmm. and I was hearing about um, can you remind me of the two parties? Yeah, there's the Labour Party and the United Workers Party. Okay, or and UWP. I cannot, I didn't hear you. Uh, or UWP. Okay. And I do not know the difference between the two, but like I remember people just staunchly believing, what was it, the, the, the Workers Party? Mm -hmm. And... I'm like, okay. And then I hear that this party was in office for however long, like it was an absurd amount to me. And then the amount, I think the wife was also on the board or- I think, I I think that's the Labor Party you're thinking of because Labor Party who's currently in power has been in for, I want to say 15 to 20 years. Okay. And the, the prime minister's wife is now um, an MP for- Roso, the capital. Yeah. Wow. Nepotism at its finest, right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But I would like to know more about you anyway. So you grew up in both Dominica and you came to school in the States. And obviously mm -hmm. you're back in Dominica. Right. What's one? I'm a foodie. And connectors out there, like, invite me anywhere, please. What's one of your favorite foods from Dominica? Or what? Or I'll give you this one. One of your favorites or one, since you know American palate, one that you would recommend to Americans? Very good. Okay, for street food, um, we have something we call bakes, which are also known as Johnny Cakes around the Caribbean. Uh, it's basically a savory fried dough um, type thing, quite fluffy. If it's, if it's done well, it's soft and fluffy on the inside, a little crisp on the outside, and usually stuffed with either like a 
a seasoned cheese paste or codfish or herring or um, basically different different stuff like that mm -hmm. that is one of my like guilty pleasures i love them and they're the kind of thing that if you cook them badly they can be really sad mm -hmm. if they, they're cooked perfectly they are absolutely heavenly <laughs> there's if you ever come just if you end up in Roseau, just walk towards an area called Newtown. Newtown? Yeah. Right before the playing field, there's a tiny little shack that looks like, it looks like, you know, very, like almost nothing. But mm -hmm. they have the absolute best in there. And you'll find people from all over. If you stop in the morning, you'll find people from all over the place stopping at this little place um, to get some. Mm hmm. Okay. Actually, I have, I had a taste of those. And I believe it was, I cannot remember the, the town I was in, but it was on the side of the road in this little shack. Yep, and yep. I had the best, when I say the best piece of, what was it? Um, it wasn't shark, but I think that's what he was referring oh, maybe they refer to it as dolphin yes which, right which is um we also call it doad or i'm not sure if it's also the same as my my uh, is it i can't remember but it was the best and when he said dolphin i said shark but when he said dolphin i was like oh, i don't know about that yeah, yeah and it was yeah. like this huge medallion piece yep but i was like okay um my friend she was there with us. I, w I, got, I went with a, a group of girls, ladies, and she's like, oh, no, 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 it's not the dolphin that you know. And so when I tasted it, oh my gosh, that was the best piece of fish. It tasted like steak almost. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was And that's delicious. the beautiful thing, wherever you are driving along the, the coastal road, you will find fishermen with their fresh catch, basically chopping it up right there on the road they'll clean it for you and everything mm -hmm. so i mean if you love seafood and, and fish you can get fresh all the time mm -hmm. uh, another dish that i really love is called crab back and that is only around um, independent season which is like november and imagine essentially the, the crab shell mm -hmm. it's emptied and then stuffed with crab meat and breadcrumbs and seasonings and oh. then baked and it is absolutely delicious. Oh, yeah. my mouth is watering. <laughs> <laughs> I love seafood too. So I, I was in heaven when I was in Dominica. Yeah, I believe it. Like really. But tell me this, what about an agouti? You know, I'm trying to wonder the last time or if I have ever had agouti. When I was doing Uncivilized, I was just getting to the point where I was like, I'm going to start trying to trap them. But um, I mean, so the agouti is like a little rabbit-like animal with, with a sh very short tail. And it's, a, it's sort of like a, a local delicacy. Mm -hmm. um, but just like that and the maniku, which is an, uh, a possum type thing, there's strict um, hunting seasons so that they, they don't get depleted. But like I said, I'm not sure if I've tried one anytime recently. Hmm. But I would eat just about everything. Some yeah. other traditional foods we have, there's um, sauce, which is essentially pickled pig knuckles, and um, black pudding, which is blood sausage. Um, there's, what is it, fashin, which is like, um, it's like cow skin. So there's a lot of these things that we eat around independence, especially, or are very traditional. And most of them trace back to being slave food and mm -hmm. finding creative ways to use um, pieces that, you know, the masses wouldn't have been using or wanted mm -hmm. and finding a way to make them delicious, basically. Of course, of course. And it also sounds like you have a bit of British or um yeah european you said blood sausage or black pudding black pudding exactly yeah yeah, yeah 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 um i have had a bit of an agouti oh yeah <laughs> yeah and it was quite interesting i'm not going to call it disgusting because it wasn't it was just different it was gamey? was it gamey 
I'm okay with gamey okay. because I love goats. I love, I don't mind the gamey, but it was more so the bones. Like mm. it had a lot of bones in it. It's kind of like rabbit. Yeah. I, so I was a bit turned off, but the gravy was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it with Papa. Yep. Yeah. So nice. yeah, it was, it was all right. No, I don't know cool. if I'd have it again, but it was all right. And one thing that we no longer really have, we have um, this species of massive frog that we refer to locally as mountain chicken or crapo. But in the last maybe five to 10 years, some there's been some like fungal thing that's been affecting them and their numbers have dwindled to basically almost extinct at this point but that was also a huge local delicacy and you would drive around at night up in the heights and it was as easy as they'd be jumping you know just across the road your car lights would stun them i went with my friend's dad who's a forester and you would just go out chop them on the neck with a cutlass and throw it in the bucket and that was very much it was like a very delicate chicken Wow. Yeah, but this is a frog? It's a frog, a massive frog. And you would eat like the, the legs. Wow. Okay. But I'm talking I... like I'm talking like a frog, like a big guy. Yeah. No, that's like a foot. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have had frog legs, but I, I'll say they were much smaller than <laughs> a chicken's leg. So <laughs> wow. Huh. So you grew up in Dominica, you're back, mm -hmm. but I don't think you said how you got into photography and videography. Yeah. So I want to say in my year after high school, um, I took a gap year and among the things I did was actually really dive into a lot of documentaries. And I'd always obviously, as most people are, you know, a consumer of film and music videos and been interested in those things. But I don't know, at that age, it didn't seem, not only did it not seem viable, but it wasn't sort of one of the career choices that was ever really laid out in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, especially as like a young black male, you know what I mean? Like, like either photography, for instance, I had a friend that, that did it. It just seemed, uh, <laughs> I don't know, a little, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but yeah, basically none of these things seemed like, like um, really viable. So I got into documentary in my year between high school and college. And that got me, you know, really interested in a lot of sort of activist causes. Mm -hmm. And I decided to study business because from everything I watched, it seemed like business was pretty much the driver of change. And if you yeah. wanted to change things, that was the place to do it. But after spending a couple of years in business school, basically realized, you know, that was hardly the priority um, mm -hmm. there. And I basically had a long, hard think and decided to pivot to film because one, I didn't like the idea of so, so many career paths or professional fields felt so limiting. Like I have always someone that wanted to do everything and know everything. And I didn't want to just get stuck on one path. And film to me, one, like each project, I can explore something completely different, whatever is my, my interest. And two, it was a way of thinking about things and then synthesizing them and then communicating them to an audience. And I mm -hmm. think that in this day and age, just as it was once epic poetry and another time it was literature, I think film pretty much is um, the medium of the time. Mm -hmm. And um, once I started, I just really fell in love with it. Like it was such a stark difference to see how I would fall asleep or just get bored reading um, accounting mm -hmm. books. And then on the other hand, once I started um, film, I mean, I would spend all nighters in the lab editing mm -hmm. and, and just wash in the, in the bathroom mm -hmm. sink and go straight to class. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's been a love affair. 
the life of an artist, <laughs> a true artist. So, okay, fun question. Mm -hmm. If you could pick an artist to win artist or video of the year, what video would you choose? So I can't remember if this came out this year or last year, but it is, do you know FKA Twigs? Yes. Have you ever seen her music video Cellophane? No, I have not. It's absolutely amazing. I would say it's just, it's perfect. I think she trained for at least like a year um, pole dancing for it. Mm. But it's, I mean, if I just say that, you're thinking strip club. It's, <laughs> it's not that. It's like, it's her and this strip pole and this reflective um, ground and these sharp high heels. And next thing, everything sort of disintegrates in this CGI, like robotic dragon. It's really hard to describe. I just, I would definitely recommend it. I don't think I've seen anything more perfect than that. Cellophane? Yeah. Cellophane. Okay. I will, I will definitely check out that video. But that makes me wonder, as a videographer, and it sounds like, would you be interested in shooting a music video? Yeah, definitely. And I actually, I shot one for a band in Dominica called Tropical with a K. The song is called Doucement. And um, that was a great experience. And I'm actually slated to shoot another one um, in December. Huh. Um, and I actually, I love shooting music videos because you have essentially three minutes to be a lot more sort of poetic and abstract than you do in either feature film or documentary. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you get an artist who kind of gives you creative control, you know, you can go in so many directions. So it's definitely something I, I want to continue um, working on. And my hope in terms of that, we'll be able to start working with some more regional artists. But again, always trying to present videos that are a little bit outside of the norm. Because mm -hmm. as you know, with any genre of music, you start seeing very standard tropes in the music videos, whether it's rap, dance, all soca. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we have so many other things we can do. I need to check out your video. Remind me again. Yeah, so it's um, Dusma, D-O-U-C-E-M-E-N-T which basically means like softly or sweetly. Uh -huh. And the band is called Tropical, T-R-O-P-I-K-A-L. K-A-L, I'm checking that yeah. out as soon as we are off. Cool. But that makes me wonder, as a videographer, you talk about creative control. Here in the States, when the video came out, Everybody went crazy because the song was just as crazy. I am talking about the video for WAP. <laughs> so you know the song. Of course. Who does not know the song? <laughs> uh -huh. So as a videographer, would you change anything? Would you? And also, how much? How much? Let me think. How much opinion do you give to the audience? Because I don't know if you know about like the drama behind the video, but Kylie Kardashian, oh, Ky I'm sorry, Kylie Jenner was in the video after a bunch of drama. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And there was a petition going around saying, oh, she should be cut out the video. But obviously, the directors, the videographer, the artists <clears throat> wanted her in the video. So as a videographer, as I guess also you could be the director of the video, how much, how much pull, how much opinion would you give to the audience? And would you listen? That is such a tough question. I feel like I've heard so many different schools of thought on this um, where, you know, at the end of the day, you're not making, you're not making a film for yourself. You're making it for an audience. And I remember someone at a, a film festival basically saying, you know, that someone else had made this documentary basically as a form of therapy for themselves. And that's not, audiences don't want that, don't want to see that. On the other hand, 
you're also trying to have integrity in whatever you're creating. Mm -hmm. So you're not, you don't want to just pander. Um, in a decision like this, I mean, this is so different when you're talking about like multi-million dollar artists and huge budgets and industry. I'm assuming someone like Kylie Jenner was put in the video because she has the massive reach. And so by having her in the video, all of a sudden, you're going to have another couple million people already tuning in. Mm -hmm. I could understand, I mean, from what I remember in the video, I feel like I could understand if people were like, why is she in there? Because it just seems like, a, from what I remember, a pretty pointless cameo. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's out, the decision was made. I don't know if it was the artist's decision or if it's the, the label's decision, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? A lot of, there's a lot of hierarchy in um, decision-making there. I feel like I'm not answering your question. No, I think you are <laughs> because I feel like most viewers or most mainstream listeners, they do want control in a way, mm -hmm. but they aren't the creatives behind what they are consuming. Yeah. So it's almost unfair. What I believe it's almost unfair to have that much criticism and think that you should have that much voice to have that much control over someone's project. So I was just wondering, as a creative, you have this project that you just put out, Uncivilized, right? And oftentimes, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, you want to always put your country in the most positive light, right? And so I wonder, here in America, we have freedom of speech to an, I mean, there's fine lines <laughs> to that, right? But in other countries, I see that people are really, you know, I don't want to say muted, but they are restricted. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder for you, how much control do you give to not, I won't even say the government, but even to your people to make sure that your videos or your photography isn't putting Dominica in a bad light or casting some type of negative view on Dominica? That's a really interesting question. And, you know, I've, we've heard debates about it so much in different fields, even for instance, when the opposition leader was bringing to light certain things about our government's passport selling program and diplomatic um, passport program. And I think he went on CBS 60 Minutes or one of these shows. And a lot of the criticism was that he's painting Dominica in a negative light. And it is, you know, we're a small island. So, you know, we do have to think a bit about our reputation. But at the same time, you have to be able to criticize yourself or your country um, or your government for one, to get to any sort of truth and two, for any sort of change. Um, just something that has come up, there's a couple times it's come up that um, someone has said to me, I should make a documentary basically about child abuse, sexual abuse in Dominica. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those things, again, this is what happens with our, our lack of, of oversight and everything. On the surface, Dominica is this perfect paradise. Mm -hmm. But you dig a little deeper and we do have a lot of sort of deep societal issues. Um, and that, you know, that, to tackle a subject like that, I think that it is um, a vital subject to be talked about and brought to light. I think the question then, is are you making something like that for an international audience or for a local audience? Mm -hmm. And if it's for a local audience, then I think, especially then, you can be, you should be as critical as you want to be because forget about what the reputation that you're, you're putting out. This is for us to reflect and figure out ways to do better. Mm -hmm. um, and the second point, um, as you kind of touched upon in, in Dominica, in the Caribbean, in a lot of um, countries, it's not that you're not free to say what you want to say, but because 
politics operates at such a sort of personal level, you also have to make sure that you don't, if you basically create enemies unneededly, then it can prevent you from doing the work that you want to do down the line. And mm. so there's always sort of a balancing act um, in, in <laughs> so much of what you do. So, I mean, for instance, even in Uncivilized, I, I wanted to do my best. I guess it, it, it pushes you to try and, and really think critically about what you want to say, how to be truthful, but how also to be balanced. So there were things after the hurricane I saw that were failings of the government. And I also saw things that were um, very well executed by the government and same with the people. Mm -hmm. And so I tried my best to touch on both of those while still continuing what my, my continuing narrative was throughout the film, which in a nutshell was showing that as a less developed country, we actually um, were able to survive quite well in the aftermath of um, Hurricane Maria because we had fresh water, we had community, we had um, we planted food, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, we saw you see what happens when the state breaks down and there's no police, uh, when people take um, command chains into their own hands, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So yeah, complex, I think is a complex, question i think it, it kind of boils down to um the person themselves how much you're willing to compromise what whether you see yourself playing a short game or a long game if it's an issue that you know you you know you're you're gonna die if you feel you're gonna feel like you're gonna die if you stay silent about that's my two cents <laughs> yeah. that's really interesting that you said that about being a small island and, and but, yet so resilient, because I heard when coronavirus first came, like, back in March, February, March, my friend was still living in Dominica, and she did not want to leave because there are hardly any cases there, whereas here in the States, you know, it, it was a minefield she was coming to. So I thought that was very interesting how such a small country was able to contain the virus. I don't know now, how is Dominica doing? So we have a few more active cases, but it basically, I mean, we were almost at zero for a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. I'd say in the last month or two, we had a, we had a recent cluster, but, they, but they, I feel like they've done a really good job of um, contact tracing mm -hmm. and everything else like that. So every time a cluster does sort of erupt, um, it, it gets under control. Everyone's been doing very well wearing masks and using hand sanitizers and just being smart. So mm -hmm. for the most part, especially when I talk to my friends in the States, mm -hmm. I feel like um, a lot of us are living quite a normal existence in comparison. I have, I have been in a small community because I grew up in the country, but to see people showering from the side of the mountain, you said it earlier, you have fresh water. Yeah. So, so I would say what then coming from that, or I don't know if you grew up in the same type of village, um, but growing up, I know we're going backwards now, but you you just made me remember mm -hmm. growing up, you had that fresh water, fresh food at, at your expense right there at your house. Growing up like that, then coming to the States where you literally have to work for the food that you put in your mouth. Mm -hmm. What was, how was that experience? So, a big chunk of uncivilized and in theme and even sort of origin is these questions about progress and development. Because, you know, in our world, let's say the United States, particularly somewhere like New York City, would be seen as the epitome of developedness and civilization. And Dominica, on the other hand, might be seen far towards the other end. And it's really interesting when we sort of talk about, you know, moving forward or what direction we're, we're going when somewhere that is 
quote unquote undeveloped like Dominica, you're able to get fresh water for mm-hmm. free and able to, to plant your food and have freedom. And you go to a more developed place and all of a sudden you don't have, have those things. You have to work around the clock for all of these things. Mm-hmm. And things like, like, you know, fresh food are um, very, you know, you're not getting, it's very difficult to get those sorts of things. Um, so we would call food deserts. Are yeah, real exactly. Here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think, oh, and the other thing is, you know, growing up as probably in the countryside, just like in Dominica, you can ha- easily have a good time without spending money. You go to the beach, you go to the river, everyone brings a little food, you cook something up. Where I remember starkly when I got to the States being like, there's nowhere to hang out with your friends without spending money. You either mm-hmm. go to a cafe or a cinema or a restaurant. Or da, da, da. Um, and so I guess growing up, I always had these two in mind, basically thinking, you know, everyone is saying, even if they're not saying explicitly, that this is better, that America is better, that everyone in the Caribbean wants to get to America. That's this, you know, the story of our, our parents and grandparents immigrating. And then looking at Dominica and saying, well, okay, we don't have a lot of these tangible sort of infrastructure things, but we have so much that is intangible. Like we mentioned, the, the freeness and the easiness, the freedom, the sense of community, mm-hmm. uh, fr- all these, these other um, natural resources. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it takes, I think it takes, um, it takes some thought and maybe opening your eyes to appreciate the intangible things you have mm-hmm. and to weigh and to realize they have uh, a real value and to, to weigh them um, in the balance against the things that you get in a, a developed country. And I think it, at the end of the day, it comes down to a personal preference. But for me at this point, um, what Dominica has to offer me far outweighs what I could find in a city like New York. That is so beautiful (laughs) because this lady I met on the bus coming from Rousseau back to the village, someone said, asked her if she would like to move to the States and she was highly offended. And she's like, why would I want to do that? Give up all of this for what? For that? And I was like, oh, if I were, you know, not open-minded, I would totally be offended. But Mm -hmm. I understood exactly what she meant. Because as I said earlier, I fell in love almost immediately upon waking up. Oh, I don't want to go back to the States. Why would I go back to the States when, as you said, the ocean is right there, fresh food, I can free up, the children could go out and play. Yep. So I, yeah, it's yeah. definitely quality. Yeah, exactly. exactly quality exactly. living. And even this guy I met, he hadn't had electricity all of his 45 years. And while I was there, they were installing light poles or mm-hmm. electricity poles. And it was amazing to me that he lived his entire life without electricity, but he built his mom's house and his wife's house and on the top of a mountain where he had to build these, the, the cement steps, 100 cement steps. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. How could you want more? Why would I want more? Because I got up to the top and although I was sitting in an outhouse going to the bathroom, when I looked out, I was looking at the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. What a view. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I know we want to stay in Dominica, but (laughs) I'm going to give you a ticket and you can go anywhere in the whole wide world. And you have to tell me where you go, who you would bring or who would you visit and why? I'll give you a little time. I'll give you a little time and I'll let you know where I would go. 
You are going to tell me first. I'm going to tell you first. So you have a little time to think. I'm sure you're familiar with Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Okay. So connectors, I would go to Atlanta, Georgia, or for all of my Atlanta connectors, Atlanta, (laughs) (laughs) I would go to the ATL because actually a person who inspired me, oh, maybe I was seven, eight, I'll give myself eight or nine, nine years old. And I was volunteering with my aunt. She was a school teacher and the principal, I met him and he asked me what I wanted to be when I, when I grew up. And I said, well, I love to sing and I want to be an attorney. And he told me that I would sing my closing argument. And well, to this day, I am a singer. And in just, I think, 76 more days, I'm going to sit for the Indiana bar exam. So his prophecy is coming to life. However, Mr. Green passed away. And I would just love if I could be with his family. I do not know his family, but just to pay my respects to love on his family. But if his family is somehow listening to this, I extend my condolences. And Mr. Green, I promise I will live up to your prophecy to the best of my ability. And not only will I sing my closing argument, I will continue to fight for my people. So with that, I will go to Atlanta. Where you going, Michael? I think I would, I've got three choices. Either go to, there's a place called Plum Village in France, and it is sort of like a, it's a, a Buddhist retreat by a monk called Thich Nhat Hanh who is a very influential writer and scholar. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe he he was friends with uh, MLK back in the day. He's someone whose readings who have influenced me a lot. Mm -hmm. And that was always sort of a dream to go there. In a a way, all my things are seeking the same sorts of things. So that would be one. When I was a kid, I always, or a teenager, always dreamt about sort of going to India and basically going out in the mountains with one of those gurus and, um, you know, going deep. And then the other would be going to um, Peru and doing uh, an ayahuasca retreat. Although I have done one. I have done one in Dominica already. Really? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. I, one, I am so jealous because I've always wanted to go on an ayahuasca retreat so I am so upset that I didn't even know that was a thing to do in Dominica. And I would love to go to India. I, I would love to do, have you ever seen the movie Eat, Pray, Love or read the book Eat, Pray, Love? I haven't, I haven't read that book, but I read a book um, called Shantaram, which is based in India. Oh yeah. That also, anyway, go ahead. So uh, Julia Roberts, I think that's the character. Um, So she travels, she goes to Italy, Bali. She goes one more place. I can't remember right now, but, um, oh, India. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) don't, don't, don't. It's been a long day. Um, And I would love to go, as you said, I would love to just sit and meditate with a guru. Um, I went on a Buddhist temple stay and that was when I lived in Korea. And that was, oh my gosh, it was the most, one of the most beautiful experiences. I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) 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 No, when I come back, I keep telling my friend, when I, because I'm going back, I Dominica is calling me back. Some Good. way, somehow, I'm, I'm coming back. But when I come back, I am getting a photo shoot done with you. And I am going on an ayahuasca retreat with you. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yes, that is happy that. to be your Dominica plug. Please, yes, 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 be my plug. Um, Okay, well, that brings us to some questions, if you don't mind, just a couple. 
No, no problem. Okay. All right. Let me. Okay. So connectors, if you have questions about any artist, any artist, sorry about that. I couldn't talk for a second. If you have any questions, email me info.ampsconnected at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to my website because you'll know who the upcoming artists will be. So yeah, subscribe, email me. Okay, so this one is coming from Darren. I don't know, they didn't give me a last name. So, okay. Hi, Michael. I have never heard of the Commonwealth of Dominica. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess, you know what? When I was going to Dominica, they're like, oh, like the Dominican Republic? No, I stopped at Dominica, not Dominican Republic. So, okay, that's fair. Um, let me see. I have been considering a trip to the island and came across your country. Okay. Why should I visit the Commonwealth of Dominica? Well, I think we've even, we've touched on a lot of the reasons to come. Um, on top of that, I mean, the, the natural landscape is amazing. We have tons of rivers, clear, like crystal clear rivers, forests, waterfalls, natural hot springs, a boiling lake, diving whales, you name it, we pretty much have it. And it's definitely the kind of place that you can, if you want to just, you know, walk out somewhere and park your tent and be out in nature, you can totally do that. And I think also a lot of places when you go as a tourist, there's always sort of this, uh, you have this tourist experience, but Dominica I think is one of those places where you can still, as a tourist, come and embed yourself in a community and actually have people sort of show you their way of life and not, not just sort of in that tourist transactional um, type relationship. Mm -hmm. I definitely felt like that. Um, even though I was visiting and the people, I was there for almost a month the people were so kind and they wanted to show me their country. You mentioned the boiling lake mm -hmm. and I wanted to go, but I also was not ready for all the hiking. <laughs> I will say that I did not come prepared for that. Yeah. So I was like, no, maybe next time I'll go. But I did get to go to Emerald Pool. Emerald Pool, yeah, fantastic spot. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Like... I know I keep saying gorgeous, beautiful. I cannot describe it, how beautiful the country is. And what also surprised me, though, was the amount of tourists I saw because of the cruise ships. Mm -hmm. And I guess because I had never heard of Dominica until my friend moved there, her and her family moved. I, I was surprised to see, but... It was not, from what I remember, most of the cruise lines were not from America. That's true. And the other good thing is a lot of the cruise ships, because they, the people have a limited time on island, there's a couple key spots they hit. For instance, Emerald Pool, Trafalgar Falls, and like one of the hot springs. Mm -hmm. And there are so many spots in all parts of the island that you can go on a given day and be the only person there. So whichever you want if you want something easy or you want something isolated and further afield mm -hmm. you have it all we did have emerald pool to ourselves oh, for about it was so nice yeah. so nice the water was a bit cold but it was so nice okay we have actually just one more question um this is from melissa hi i'm going on a destination honeymoon okay and want to get, what did she say? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, I could not read for a second. Hi, I'm going on a destination honeymoon and want to get photos taken. Okay, girl. I'm nervous about hiring someone I've never met, but I also don't want to pay a photographer's way on my holiday. Any advice on how to book a photographer and be satisfied. Ooh. Yeah. 
So I would say I myself have done a few weddings, um, but I'm not going to go and say I'm a pro by any means. I have a friend um, whose name is Marika Honeychurch on Instagram. She is just Honeychurch, H-O-N-Y-C-H-U-R-C-H. And while wedding photography is not her main gig at all, she is just a fantastic photographer. Whatever it is, she, you know, you know, there's people that just have a sort of like sensitivity mm -hmm. and an eye for detail. Mm -hmm. She is that person. Mm -hmm. So I would trust her with pretty much any possible gig. Um, I think a great thing if you were interested in coming to Dominica to do that would mm -hmm. be to get in contact with her and see, you know, if she has uh, demo work and see if there's stuff you'd like. Okay. And there's, well, there's a good host of, of photographers and stuff on island. But mm -hmm. that's, that's okay. what I'd point you towards. That's, you said she has an eye for detail. I think that's what, so Melissa, I hear you, girl, because you want your pictures, any picture you take, and this is for your honeymoon. So it's like, I have taken pictures before and they were just random. I just need some done and I'll see something on my shirt. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me that that was on my shirt? You know? And I feel like as the photographer, that's something you should see because the picture will look nicer without yeah. whatever it was on my shirt. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not calling anybody. And out, then I'll also but. say, Recently, um, we had someone who used to work for the UN, and now she's launching basically a black female-centered um, travel business. Yeah. And um, she came to Dominica, and then myself and my girlfriend who designs and styles, we gave her a photo tour of Dominica. Nice. So we took her to a whole bunch of different spots. Um, my girlfriend designed some different outfits for her, mm -hmm. and then it was actually great having the two of us because, you know, she's, she can pay that extra attention of, you know, if the clothes, if, if something is slightly bunched up on the clothes yeah. or anything else like that. So it worked, it worked great as a, as a duo. I am so jealous now. Like <laughs> I, I'm so jealous. I'm, I'm not angry. I'm upset because this was supposed to happen for me too. And a year ago, what happened? What happened? <laughs> It just fell through. It just, nope. What happened? It wasn't time. It wasn't the right time. There you go. So you it go. will happen. You didn't, what's your girlfriend's name? Shout, shout her out. Yeah, it's Nicole Morrison. Is um, she on Insta? Yeah, let me just double check what it is. And she also does, so it's Nicole underscore Morrison. M-O-R-S-O-N? S-O-N, yeah. Okay. And she also um, creative directs on um, shoots as well. We recently, if, I don't know if you've seen my Instagram recently, but the last shoot we did mm -hmm. was um, her creative direction. Um, I remember there was a couple that I've seen. One was this handsome young fella um, underneath the tree. Yeah, that one? Yeah, that one. That one. Yes. That was okay. Y'all make a dynamic <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to the last question or we're done with questions. Um, Michael, I have enjoyed connecting with you. One more question from myself. For someone who is looking to get into videography, photography, specifically someone who is coming from, I would say, a small country like Dominica, what advice could you give or will you give to them? Read a lot of books and watch a lot of videos. The, the amount of, of educational content that is available now is ridiculous um, in our brave new connected world. Um, even, I mean, even this year, I've, I've taken new courses online. I took a screenwriting course. I took a lighting course. Um, so... I would say do that. There's, you can, I would say you can, when you're starting off, you can shoot interesting subjects and stories, even with limited equipment. Um, I think a lot of times people feel like, hey, I don't have the equipment I need to shoot 
um, you know, what I want. And yet there are actually still, there are, there are established filmmakers or now established filmmakers who shoot and shot on some pretty basic gear. And because they had um, a vision, they were able to get it out there. And I also think, depending if you're talking about just being a videographer or if you want to have your own concepts or write and direct, I would say the other thing is just always learning, not, not just technical stuff, but having interests, personal interests, curiosities, going down rabbit holes, you know, having, having some big questions that you want to sort of figure out and keep stitching everything together, because I think that's the way that you're going to have something unique to say other than what you're hearing all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I like that. Quick, 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 quick. What's your favorite documentary? Quick. Uh, the Act of Killing. Okay, I'm going to go watch it. The Act yeah. of Killing? Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, connectors. I am so excited for you that you disconnected with such an awesome person. This was awesome, Michael. Thank you. It really was. I appreciate Thank it. You. How can connectors continue to connect with you? What are your social medias, email address, all of the good stuff? Cool. I don't know if you'll be typing this up anywhere afterwards, mm-hmm. but my Instagram, which is where I live the most as a photographer and videographer, is at Mike underscore please, P-L-E-A-S-E. And then for Uncivilized, it's across social media as at Uncivilized Film, Uncivilized with a Z. Um, Those are two great ways through each of those. You can get to the websites. You can get to see how to stream and everything. Uh, My email is mlees, M-L-E-E-S, one zero dot D-C-A at gmail.com. Okay. All right. And connectors, you know how to stay connected with me on my website. Don't forget to subscribe, www.amsconnected.com. You can find me on Instagram at amsconnected, or you can email me if you would like to be a guest, or if you have a question for any guest that has appeared here info.amsconnected.com. Wait, I'm, I'm saying that all wrong. Sorry. <laughs> info.amsconnected at gmail.com. I think that's all for me. Connectors. This has been amazing. All right. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Connectors, you know what to do. Stay connected. Stay <laughs> connected.